today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. God had commanded through Samuel, the prophet, to speak to Saul, kill and destroy completely the enemy of God, the Amalekites, but he kept the very best for himself and for the people. He didn't obey the voice of the Lord. Partial obedience is no obedience at all. Partial obedience is disobedience. And that's what's happening in Saul's life. He's taking matters into his hand. He's doing it his way rather than God's way. He's making up the rules as he goes along. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. At times, we may think we can get away with a little bit of sin. We justify it by partially following God, but also allowing a little bit of our own agenda to be benefited as well. Pastor Ed tells us in today's message that this is still considered sin. When God asks us to do something, He expects us to do it completely. God sees the future benefit of our obedience, and He always has a better plan in mind. We can trust fully in His agenda, knowing that He will take care of us and provide for us, no matter what. Now here's Pastor Ed with part one of today's message entitled, Playing the Fool. I believe that God has to do something in all of our hearts. And sometimes we learn best by looking at a bad example. If you were to have an epitaph at your funeral, what would the epitaph read? What would people say about you? And asking you to turn to Chronicles 10, 13 to 14. First Chronicles 10 verses 13 to 14 in your Bibles. When you die, when the journey's over, when the race is done, and you stand before God, how will your life be summed up? What will people say? I know when I do funeral services, often there are dominant truths that are characterized by that person. And as I meet with the family and as I talk about their life and talk about their journey, I'll try and extract some of those truths and share. Now, sometimes their story is a sad one. And I told Pastor Craig, we don't talk about that at the eulogy because we want people generally to go away encouraged. Uh, But the Bible is very clear about how one of the great characters died and how tragic that death was. Now at his eulogy, at his service, David spoke well of him. He said, how the mighty have fallen. But in Chronicles, his death is described from God's perspective. In fact, his epitaph could be found in his own words. When in 1 Samuel 26, it says, Then Saul said, I have sinned. Now it's interesting, more than any other character in First and Second Samuel, Saul said, I sinned. 
But those words were superficial and never got down deep into his heart. Never really changed the way he walked, the way he lived. A superficial surface repentance. He said, I've sinned. Indeed, I've played the fool and erred exceedingly. That could be his epitaph, playing the fool. In First Chronicles, it says, So Saul died for his unfaithfulness, which he had committed against the Lord, because he did not keep the word of the Lord, and also because he consulted a medium for guidance. But he did not inquire of the Lord, therefore he killed him and turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. We're preparing for the day of our death every single day we live. The best commentary on our lives is our death. Often the best commentary on the journey of our life is the way we leave this life. When Saul started off, he started off exceptional. He was physically head and shoulders above others. He was modest. He was humble. He was someone who the Spirit of God came upon in a powerful way. He had a transformed heart. He had natural endowments to lead as well as a supernatural call and empowerment to lead. But Saul's own agenda got in the way. He clung to his own particular agenda. And slowly, but surely and steadily, we watched him decline and disintegrate as a person. Each of us is writing our own epitaph by the way we live. The choices we make, our decisions today become the prophecies of our tomorrows. Choices, decisions, attitudes, actions, all accumulate to become prophetic of who we are and our destinies. There are three words that I simply want to wrap the message around. Three words that describe the ending of Saul's life. Chapter 31, the last chapter of 1 Samuel, the conclusion of 1 Samuel, the book, ends with the tragic death of Saul. Notice the terrible distress that he finds himself in in those latter chapters of 1 Samuel. In 1 Samuel 28, 15, Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? I am in great distress, Saul said. The Philistines are fighting against me, and God has turned away from me. He no longer answers me, either by prophets or by dreams. So I've called on you to tell me what to do. Literally, I believe God allowed Samuel to come and visit Saul, even though he was meeting with a medium. 
When people meet with mediums, often I believe it's demonic spirits. It's the dark side of things that happen and transpire and deception. Tell me, how many mediums and fortune tellers do you see in big, beautiful houses? Usually their lawns are unkept and it looks disheveled and you wonder why people go there. I mean... But here Saul is seeking a medium and she knows something different has happened. Something beyond her control. Samuel appears. The prophet who had died. And he rebukes King Saul with words of correction. What had happened in Saul's life, he finds himself in great distress. It was the fruit It was the result of constantly walking in the wrong direction. The first step is found in 1 Samuel chapter 13. The first step in this king's life where he began to walk in the wrong direction is found in the 13th chapter, verses 13 to 14. And Samuel said to Saul, you've done foolishly. You've not kept the command of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. What happened was Saul was to wait for Samuel to come to make an offering to God. That offering that he was to give to God was in preparation for the Israelites to fight the Philistines. Before they were to go into battle, Samuel was to lead them in prayer spiritually to God. And Samuel was late. Saul's army was dissipating. Slowly they were disappearing. And Saul began the panic. And circumstances conspired to push him to cross the line and take the role of the priest upon himself. He was king, yes. But he presumptuously crossed the line, the boundaries that God had set. He stepped into disobedience. That disobedience would become a pattern in his life. Sometimes the circumstances of life conspire to push us, to nudge us, to cross the line of God's word and do it another way. But I want you to remember, just because things go wrong is no indication that you must go with them. And that's what happens. Sin has a tremendous pull and power over people when they commit it. You've heard the saying, sin will take you where you don't want to go, hold you there longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. When we break down the limits, the boundaries, and we cross those lines, we're on a deadly road. We're on a downward spiral. And that's what happens. See, God puts limitations on his people. God puts limitations on his children. And when we push those limitations aside and we cross those lines, we're in a dangerous area. One of the greatest temptations that we face is to think, to assume that we are above God's law, that we are an exception to it. And that's where 
Saul is going. You see, he's setting the direction of his life. And as he begins to walk in that direction, it becomes now a willful disobedience. You see him willfully disobeying God. The prophet refers back in chapter 28 all the way back to the earlier chapters because he says, you did not obey the voice of the Lord and did not carry out his fierce anger against the Amalekites. God had commanded through Samuel the prophet to speak to Saul, kill and destroy completely the enemy of God, the Amalekites, but he kept the very best for himself and for the people. He didn't obey the voice of the Lord. Partial obedience is no obedience at all. Partial obedience is disobedience. And that's what's happening in Saul's life. He's taking matters into his hand. He's doing it his way rather than God's way. He's making up the rules as he goes along. And willfully, he's disobeying. Now, when he started off, He didn't start off that way. In fact, he cleansed the land of mediums. He cleansed the land of witchcraft. Don't delve into that. Don't embrace that. I don't care what's happening in the culture. Whether they call it good witchcraft or white witchcraft. I remember years ago when I was pastoring, I received a phone call late at night, 11 o'clock, a mother frantic about her daughter. She said, Pastor, please come. She's terrified. She's hearing voices. And I went over the house, and as I began to talk to this older teenager, I found out that she had been playing with the Ouija board with her friends. And she began to hear afterwards voices. And we had to pray over her and ask God to deliver her from that oppressive power. Don't cross the line. Don't go there. In Deuteronomy, we're warned. And do not let your people practice fortune telling or use sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. You can't departmentalize your life. Sin over here seeps out over there. Sin over here seeps out all around. And that's what's happening in Saul's life. He is becoming willful in his opposition of God. And you see this progression through the story of his life. You know, you pour the form. The cement dries. The character, the destiny is set in concrete. Break it! Break it! Break it! If you're walking in willful disobedience to God, deal with it. Don't let it go on. Let repentance be from the depth of your heart. No one said more than Saul, I have sinned. But those words didn't get him on his knees and didn't produce a broken heart inside And didn't cause him to beg for God's mercy and forgiveness and grace. We live in a culture that is going further and further and further away from God. Don't play the fool. Someone has said, a man, when he plays the fool, he neglects 
godly counsel. A man, when he plays the fool, neglects his mentors. A man, when he plays the fool, is presumptuous and violates God's appointed boundaries. A man, when he plays the fool, disobeys God in small matters and considers it not. A man, when he plays the fool, tries to cover up his disobedience using religious excuses. A man, when he plays the fool, tries to persuade himself he is doing the will of God when all the while, deep down inside, he knows, he knows, he knows he's not. A man, when he plays the fool, allows jealousy and envy to master and control his life. A man, when he plays the fool, knowingly fights against Almighty God. A man, when he plays the fool, instead of seeking God, seeks all other things. Saul said, I played the fool. And you see him acting that out through all of the chapters. And that leads to defeat. It always does. It always will. Forever it is written into God's moral law. In Galatians, Paul tells us, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. I know, I know our culture says, no, times are changing. The consequences are bound up in the law of God. When it is broken, it breaks us. You could see the continual decisions that lead to defeat in his life. Sometimes people are living in defeat because they're making all the wrong decisions. Had they made the right decisions, the godly decisions, had they obeyed God, it would lead to victory, not to defeat, not to disaster. In Jeremiah 2.19, the word of the Lord says, your wickedness will punish you. Your backsliding will rebuke you. Consider then and realize how evil and bitter it is for you when you forsake the Lord your God and have no awe of me, declares the Lord Almighty. Think about that. Our own sin rebukes us, corrects us. Our backsliding becomes a snare to us. That's what he's saying. Again and again, the voice of the Lord spoke to Saul. Again and again, God said, stop. God said, turn around. God said, repent. But again and again, he deafened his ears. He hardened his heart. He blinded his eyes. And he chose to walk outside the will of God. What a tragedy his life was. In Proverbs 29, 1, it says, A man who remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. Samuel was such a great mentor, but Saul didn't profit by it. Look at the great promises that Saul had, the great prospects, God's calling, God's blessing on his life. Think about that mentor Samuel. He was a great prayer warrior who continually prayed and stood behind Saul and prayed for him. Think about the son that he had, Jonathan. No one was more loyal to Saul, to a father, than Jonathan was. And even David, 
when he had the opportunity, would not lift his hand up against the Lord's anointed. Saul had every reason to succeed, but yet he failed. Because constantly making decisions that led to defeat, this man was dying on the inside first. He was dying on the inside as again and again he walked his own way. He hardened his heart and he refused to listen. You know, not only did his decisions, but a word from heaven came. You can never, ever, ever resist God. When God says it's over, it's over. When God speaks, it stands. The declaration that brings defeat in 1 Samuel 28, verses 16 to 17, Samuel said, why do you consult me now? Now that the Lord has turned away from you and become your enemy. The Lord has done what he has predicted through me. What happened was Day by day, year by year, decade by decade, 40 long years Saul reigned. Progressively, he disobeys God. He becomes an enemy of God. He fights God's purposes. He fights God's plan. Fighting against David. Fighting against God's providence. Submit to his word. Submit to his spirit. Submit to his ways. Guard your heart and search it. Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. So many times we're busy searching everyone else's heart when we need to search our heart. It's me. It's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's not my brother, not my sister. It's me, O Lord. When we come into the very presence of God, when we stand before the Lord, oh, that we would have such a heart that said, Lord, search me and know me and reveal myself to myself. Don't deceive yourself. In the book of Revelation, Jesus spoke this word to his church. Repent, therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. It was a defeat that would eventually lead to his death. And a tragic death it was. Proverbs says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Richard 80 years old, went home to be with Jesus. He knew the Lord. He served the Lord. He had a desire to witness for Christ. Adela, a godly woman who blessed her children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, who would prophesy over them, who was marvelously saved in Puerto Rico, who was marvelously transformed by the power of God throughout those decades, blessed her children, both of these people. In heaven, with God. Their funerals depicted very much their victorious life. Here, Saul's death mirrored his disobedience to God. His life work was completely 
obliterated, destroyed. As Dr. Ed Jones continues to take us on a journey through the story of David, we continue to learn more about what a life lived for God can look like. David wasn't perfect by any means, but God used him in powerful ways, and he can use you too. We do hope that you've been blessed by today's message on Building in Faith and invite you to visit our website to learn more about our ministry. Our web address is buildinginfaithradio.com. There you'll find an archive of previous messages available to listen to or download or even share with someone you feel will be impacted by the message. Be sure to find us on Facebook as well by searching for Faith AG2. We know how important social media is in people's lives today and by liking us on Facebook, you can keep up to date with all that's happening at Faith Assembly. We'd also like to invite you to join us if you're in the Poughkeepsie area for our weekly time of fellowship, Bible teaching, and worship of our Savior. We meet each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and also on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and have many activities for all ages and all walks of life. Give us a call for directions and to find out more about our congregation at 845-462-5955. Sadly, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us again here on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues to dig deeper into the Word of God, sharing with us new chapters in David's story. Your word restores it.